Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love, Love is Here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello again. This is Pastor Deborah, and welcome to the third class of leadership development of the Master Class Initiative of Nigeria. And I want again welcome Uganda and Bangladesh. Thank you all you wonderful students for coming and listening and viewing Pastor Deborah as she teaches you about leadership development. As we've known, we've gone through two classes already. One, <clears throat> excuse me, is are you a truth seeker? And excuse my computer, it's making those noises again. Keeps telling me to do things, so please ignore those little sounds. Not sure how to edit those out. But they will go away. So we'll just keep going. Class number two was how disciplined are you to seek? If you aren't ready and serious and about disciplining yourself in your life, in your activities, even disciplining and possibly changing your ideas and concepts about what a leader is and what a leader is to do, then you're not quite ready yet. You have to be at your point that you want to learn something that you don't know. And you want to grow and develop skills and abilities that you don't have. And if that requires you to discipline your life, your 24 hours, and change it, change your friends, your families, take time off, study, research, read, do a lot of webinars, a lot of YouTube videos, read a lot of books. If that's what it takes to get you... Now my firewall noises are coming up. So just ignore them, please. So if you are really and truly have a wonderful heart that wants to help people and especially want to help yourself become better and you want to help your country and it's wonderful people of all ages, all nationalities, speak many languages, young and old. If you want to be that kind of leader, one who is a leader, who is a shepherd, 
of the people, of the nations, of the resources, of even the animals, even your gold and silver that's in your mountains. Shepherds watch over somebody else's property. They guard it and protect it. It's very valuable. They don't let it get stolen and taken. They don't let a lion and a bear or even a dragon come in and wear a sheep's clothing and deceive you and lie to you and end up taking you captive and taking your nation captive where you will sell your own people, your own children, You will kill your natural resources, your elephants, your leopards. You will let people come over there on wild game hunting just to get a picture. You will sell anything. Your heart has become a wicked, unrighteous leader. So if you're ready to be a righteous leader, a shepherd, one who will be lifted up maybe in years and years and years to come. That what you did, the decisions you made, not only helped your family, but helped your neighborhood, helped your little city, your town, your village, helped the nature and the resources. You know how many animals will love you for protecting them? You know, they have feelings too, don't you? They don't like being hunted as a trophy so you can get gold. That's not their purpose in your life or for your nation. They're not to be bought and sold. They have feelings. They have families. How do you like it? When somebody in your family was sold or taken into human trafficking. Given away for money. And you never see them again. Enslaved in a cage for somebody else's enjoyment. Or torture. Do you like it? The animals don't like it either. Being a leader means you lead. You're in advance. You're watching out for You're a scout. You're looking out for the enemy in sheep's clothing. You're keeping an eye out for the lions and the bears. Those kind of people and programs and even countries that want to come in and offer you goods and money. But they have ulterior motives behind the scenes. We call that a wolf in sheep's clothing. So if you're ready to be a leader, They can stand up to dragons. Stand up to people with money from all over the world and say, No, you can't come over here and shoot our animals for a trophy. They're not for that. We're to care for them and shepherd them. No, we're not going to sell you our resources and then keep it for ourselves. The resources were given to you in the land that you are to Manage and shepherd and steward for the people of that land. That is what a leader does. It doesn't rape and pillage and loot its own land 
of its resources and money and goods for itself. That's an uncorrupt, unrighteous, greedy, lustful, coveting leader. We got them right over here in America. We got them to sell our uranium to another country for speaking fees. We have people that will sell out their own family, <clears throat> their own government, sell their own knowledge, information for money. We got them. They're all over the world. And your choice is, as you are developing, desiring to become a leader, is what kind of leader do you want to be? Well, this class, Digging Through the Ancient Books, class number three of the series, is we got to go back. We're going to go back and look where did this concept of leader and leadership develop? Who designed it for us? What were the parameters of it? The description of it? How come some people get to be leaders and others have to just be followers? How come some people get to be masters and other people are enslaved? How come some people get to live in nice houses and plenty of money and others live on the streets? Where did this come from? We're going digging through the ancient books. The ancient books. Oh, they're there if you go looking. Because you cannot understand what is going on right now, even in your own ideas and concepts. You have to ask yourself, what do you believe a leader is? Can you see any good examples? Bad examples? Where do these examples come from? How did we get the pattern? Where did we get the name leader? That's what we're going to do in this leadership class. We're going to tell you that you need to dig. You need to dig through the ancient <clears throat> books. Now, I went and did my homework for you. We looked up. I'm going to give you the scriptures that I love to use that always helped me. Proverbs 25, 2. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. These are just these might just be words of wisdom to you. You go listen to Buddha, Confucius, the prophet Muhammad, ancient wise men all the way back to the Egyptians, the Greeks, ancient Persia. They were wise people back then. Some of them had contact with gods. They knew gods were to be a part of their life. They knew they were to get wisdom, knowledge, and revelation, and help. Because it was a mess down here. So let me give you these two things of wisdom. And I'm going to tell you some more ancient knowledge from books. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, hide it, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. Ooh, a king. Is that a leader? Yes. That's another name for leader. King. 
Did you know the word king and leader have been around since the beginning of time? Before there was democracy, communism, socialism, we had kings who were considered the leaders. Now, where'd they get that term from? Kings. The ancient books. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord. That means the owner of them. Our God. But those things which are revealed, shown to us, they belong to us and to our children. If you look at nature... And I can show you a lot of examples about leadership in nature. From plants to animals to even the weather. Why are they given even to our children forever? So that we may obey. We may reflect. We may shine out all the words of this knowledge, this law that we have just discovered. So these are the foundational scriptures. Now let's look at what the words digging means. The word dig means in the Hebrew to force a passage, to pry into, to look into, to explore, to search out, to seek Is that what you're doing? Are you trying to peer into what leadership is? Are you trying to peer into what good leadership is? Or what unrighteous leadership is? We would call that corrupt leadership. Are you seeking, peering into, exploring that? Or are you just trying to learn some fast techniques, quick methods... Some little bitty tidbits of improvement. But nothing inside of you changes. Not your heart. Not your mind. You just learn some quick tips. That's all. Is that going to hold? Is that going to take you to the leader of a nation? Where you are a servant. Where you look at the people. Where you give up your life. I talked to one king. I think it was a crown prince. Being a leader is the loneliest place you'll ever be at. You have no friends. They all want to buy you. Influence your thoughts. Not even your council members. A lot of them, they are on the other side. They're trying to get their agenda through. If you look back at the ancient colonial powers and their kings and queens, they were lonely people. They carried the weight of people and nations and money and victory on their shoulders. They didn't have normal lives. They didn't have, oh, they had families, but they didn't see their children. They didn't raise their children. The nation came first. Everything they did, they saw the nation and the people as their children. To be protected and guarded. They worked 24 hours a day. Their whole life was dedicated. 
you go back into our ancient books, into Egypt and Greece, they prayed. They went to the temples. They acknowledged that gods were with them, had appointed them, had anointed them. Gods were a part of their life. You could see them going to the temples in prayer. You remember the movie The 300 with Gerald Butler? Before he could go to the past to hold off the Persians, he had to climb a hill and go talk to the wise men, who were not very nice, who had a oracle there. I think they were called the Igors. He had to get permission from the wise men, the God connected people and he had to go to an oracle who was sort of in a trance from some stuff we see that in Delphi I went there I've been into Greece I went up to Delphi where they had the temple where everybody came who needed answers they went to a person who had connections to a god so Gerald Butler the king he had to climb the mountain the king of Sparta he had to go ask should he go to war can he go to war he had to go to the gods for permission because he knew he was placed there and it was his duty to go there do you do that you will learn through ancient books through Egyptian times, way before the Greeks. You will learn even before the Egyptians, back into Hammurabi's time. People believed in gods. They believed in law. They went back through their ancient scrolls and books. So you are going to have to go back and study ancient civilizations. Ancient leaders, not just the ones in this modern time, but back, back into our ancient civilization. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to get out some YouTube videos, study the history of Egypt, Greece. How did leadership get chosen? Before there was democracy, before there were prime ministers, before there was socialism and communism there was kings and there were kingdoms the problem with studying ancient books we learn some things about people that we still see today the books that I want you to look at they were called a roll or a scroll they were marks a record we see them on cave walls we see them in ancient papyruses. We see them on stone clay tablets. They would declare and recount things. They were telling and they were stories. We have them. They're in our museums. There's a lot of documentaries on YouTube. There's also a writing and a role. Nowadays we use movies. We use a lot of books, stories, poems, 
Think about some of the ancient books we've discovered, the hieroglyphics in the tombs, the code of Hammurabi written on a stone slab, the pictures of the ancient or ancient cavemen inside of caves. What about the library at Alexandria, ancient Egypt? People believed in restoring information. It got all burned down. These were the ancient text. Well, they were memorized. There were verbal stories. If you want to see how important ancient texts are, go watch the movie, The Book of Eli, with Denzel Washington. It talks about how a great war came all over the world. All the books were just about all destroyed. This one man who got blinded by this atomic blast found a book, was led to it in the ashes. It was a book of Braille. It was the Bible. And he started learning to read it, and he memorized it for 30, 40 years. And he was told to walk west. He didn't know where he was going. He had a lot of adventures along the way. Great movie to watch. And watch the power that this one man in a city knew if he could get a hold of that book, that the spirit and the soul of humanity, he could control them through religion, through a book, through the knowledge and the hope of a book. So ancient books are powerful. You must become a historian. You must be an archaeologist. You must dig. You must look. Let me tell you a little bit quick here. I'm going to stop the tape and come right back. The word ancient, let me get my notes here, means to be old, aged, very old, concealed, could be vanishing. It's been in a time out of mind. It's the past. It's eternal, but it's everlasting. It's the beginning. It's without end. It means to be strong, to save. It's the first part. It's the forward part. It's the foretime. We go back. I'm going to tell you some quick stuff, and this is going to be a short one, I think. Do you know how leaders were developed? There was two ways. One in ancient civilizations. The gods chose a family. It was either chosen because you went and whipped up on everybody else, took over all the territory, raped and pillaged, and the gods declared you to be the king. Through mm-hmm. war, killing, raping, enslaving, the gods chose you. I don't think that was the loving God, but that's how it was. Sometimes people were born into families that had a history. Moses tells you he grew up in a family of Levites. Well, he was first a prince of Egypt. But his family was to serve. He didn't know that. So you could be from a family who's supposed to serve, but you don't know that because you don't know your ancient ancestors. Now let's go to the Greeks. The Greeks believed because they were influenced by Mount Olympus and 
the gods, Zeus and Athena and Apollo, that the gods chose you. But they didn't choose everybody. They only chose you if you had white skin, thin nose, blonde hair, not gray hair, but blonde, thin lips, certain statue. They were looking on the outside appearance, which we learned in another tape. The God of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven, doesn't do that. He looks on the heart. But these Greek gods didn't look on the heart. They looked on the physical appearance. So if you happen to be of darker skin, not white, you were to be a slave. Ooh. If you had a thick nose, why would you have a thick nose and dark skin? Because in the country you were to live in, you needed more air to come through. If you had dark curly hair, you were not civilized, hadn't gone to school. You were considered a non-person to be enslaved. You were not chosen by the gods. We see that now. You don't go to a certain school. You don't come from a certain family. If you don't have white skin. Sort of a European colonial power. You are not to be in leadership. And if you are, you're not a righteous one. That was the Greeks. And we still use that today. Now back further back in history, in ancient times, we had Egypt. Egypt would have certain families, we see that, and they'd go rape and pillage, and whoever won, whoever was the best warrior, had the most spears, called the phallus. That means most men. And they could whoop some butt, and they were the king. And then the gods would anoint them. The gods loved competition. Anytime you see an election, anytime you see competition between people who want to be leaders and you have to elect them and they have to get up and talk, that is from the ancient ways called competition. Who can debate the best? Who can make the best deals? Who can buy off most people? Do you think your elections are pure and clean ours aren't we've never had fair elections where every we got people stuffing ballots over here stealing ballots lying on the ballots people who are voting who shouldn't be voting we got dead people voting why because leadership of a nation is vital it is worth killing people for some people believe it is worth lying, cheating, and stealing bribery to get. So, some gods back in ancient Egypt, you could get that laurel wreath, you could get there if you were kicking butt, and you would do anything illegal and unrighteous, incorrupt to get there. And then they would go, Oh, the gods have chosen me. Yes, they did, because you won. why there's a lot of war the strongest survive and they rule that's history 
You saw that when the colonial powers came in. They were well-educated, well beyond your nation. They were organized. They had strong militaries. They had manufacturing in their company. They had goods to give to you for raw goods that you didn't know what to do with. And your early leaders, they just wanted the gold. Because it was worth trading. Oh, they could regrow the spices. Oh, they knew the animals would repopulate. Oh, they would have uncontrolled birth, and the people would keep birthing babies so they could raise them up and sell them into slavery. Your nations were already slave traders. You already took slaves when you had war between cities and villages. Don't blame the colonial powers for that. That is a heart issue. It's not a colonial power issue. Not a white issue. Not a black issue. Not a red issue. It's a heart issue. Because your heart views people in two categories. Either leaders or slaves. That's it. Because that's what Greece taught us. You know who the Grecians were? They were darkened hearts. They believed in gods. In many gods. They didn't have the God of love and light in them. Like Pastor Deborah has. So they took that definition from the Greeks. Even the ancient Egyptians. You do war. You conquer. If you win, you become the king. The leader. Then when you get there, it's not fun. Because everybody's trying to knock you off. Now back in those days there wasn't elections. The only way you could knock off a king was kill him. Defeat him in battle. So we've sort of taken that view and that concept. And put it at the ballot box. It's wartime. My guys against your guys. Whoever has the most votes. Kills the other people. And the winner is the king and leader. It's the same thing. The same scenario. It's just at the ballot box. But war is a spiritual thing of the heart. Nothing's changed. And then they get there. And then they say whatever they want to say. Now they're at the top. That you've elected them to be. Or that they whooped everybody's butt. And they subjected everybody to enslavement. And then they do whatever they want to do. To satisfy the lust of their hearts. The lust of their eyes. Great movie. I just watched it again. Gold will poison your mind. Greed will cause a sickness to come on you. You watch that in the three Hobbit movies with King Thorin. When a serpent... Think about this now, what's going on today. When a serpent lies on, breathes on, covets your gold of your nation, lays on it, and you let it come in, or it forces its way in, because you're in debt, and it offers you money, you will breathe on it. And that gold and nature and resources will give the kings a sickness. You see that in King Thorin. 
And Bilbo had to, the change is horrible because there's a sickness from the dragon on the gold because it's the lust of gold that makes you mentally sick. You'll kill your family. You see that. And when the leaders get there at the top, they're so fearful of being killed, overthrown, and poisoned. We see it in the colonial powers. They'll kill their wives and their children out of fear. For a king's duty was to have a son. So his legacy and his rulership that he won through battle would continue on. Go back and study the battle for Jerusalem between the Muslims and the Christians. Whoever had enough men. There's a great movie with um, Orlando Bloom called The Kingdom of Heaven. Go watch it. There was even wars in Arabia. Over the oil, there's a great movie called The Day of the Falcon. Go study. These are ancient books and movies. You want to hear a great story about from ancient days? Go read or watch the movie The Iliad, The Odyssey by Homer. It's about how Persephides went to get back Helen of Troy. They fought for ten years. And when he thought up the Trojan horse, and after he won, he goes out and says, Look what I did. It was all about me. No God helped me come up with this idea. He's a leader. He's patting himself on the back. And old Poseidon rises up. You'll see it in the movie. Excellent movie. He said, A man without God is nothing. And I'm going to make you suffer and pay the price till you change. You're never going home. So for 20 or 25 years, he keeps running into gods. He never gets home. He kept asking us, God, why don't you kill me? He said, I don't want to kill you. I want to make you suffer for that attitude that you had. That heart set, that mindset. Do you believe you can rule without a god in your heart? Even the ancient Egyptians would go and worship in the temples. They gave the glory to their gods that helped them. Ancient books help us to understand ourselves, where we are right now today, in our nation, within ourselves, our own beliefs and thoughts. Do you believe that people are born to be a leader? Do you believe they can develop? Do you believe they have to do hard work? What is your concept of how one becomes a leader of a nation? Do you have to start first with a family? Be a good father or mother? Or how about a city or a neighborhood leader? Do you have to go to college? Our ancient books tell us. Did you know in ancient Egypt that they had a book, and I've studied it, it's a book of spells called the, dead, called the Scroll of the Dead. They believe that even after death, it was the king's responsibility to go into the underworld and fight this demon and other demons called chaos and to keep it at bay. Can you fight demons? Can you keep chaos out of your country? Even after you're dead? 
A king's place is mighty. He had to manage money. Do you understand business administration? He had to write. He had to have great memory. He had to read. He had to look over. He had to know all that surrounded him. He had to look around. He had to know his enemies. He trusted no one. Not even his wives or his children. When you get at that level, there is a power there. An authority. People will kill you, lie about you, because there are benefits to power. Once you taste it, feel it, you don't want to let it go. You want to believe that you were chosen by the gods, and nobody has a right. We see that in Christianity. There's some pastors that say you can't touch them, challenge them, because they are anointed of God. And how dare you challenge what they say? Everything can be a kingdom. First start with yourself. Your spirit, soul and body. Your family. But as you move up into leadership. There's rules. You won't live a normal life. You won't trust anybody. You have power and they want to influence you. Do you even know what influence is about? Can you see a wolf in sheep's clothing? Will you sell out yourself, your ethics, your morals? Thinking nobody will know. Will you take gold and bribes to let something sort of slide by? Can you chastise those who are following you under you? I just told a world leader today that he's got wolves in sheep clothing. Right in his national council. Even from his own family. They have agendas that are not his. And they're seeking to underthrow him. I had to talk with him. I had to pray for him. Over him. Teach him how to pray to this God that he and I are a part of. Of the kingdom of heaven. He's my spiritual child. My job is to lead him and protect him. There's a great glory with the king. You want to see another one? There's a great movie uh, that picks up with from the 300 that goes back and it's called um, the beginning of an empire or something. Yeah. And uh, they have it where the guy who is in Athens who is a Sailor fights the Greeks on the seas. Excellent. To show how even the Spartans turn against each other and stuff. And how war is also... Did you know war and voting and trying to get up? It's a sexual thing. You will get aroused. You use certain words... People will feel like they're having sex with you. Intimate with you. The adrenaline is the same for war and as sex. Winning at bingo. Winning at cards. It's the same as orgasm. Mm-hmm. The biological body's chemicals go exploding into pure pleasure. Oh. And that's why people love power. 
Because mainly people don't want to be told what to do. Somehow they know inside of them they're to lead. But they don't know how to lead. So we're going to help you. You go start digging through the ancient books. I want to tell you about Hammurabi. I like Hammurabi. He was from ancient Persia. They were a wonderful country at one time. And what happened was, he was appointed by the god of justice called Shamos. And there's an ancient, I'll try to put it on the video so you can see it. He is handed a rod, which is the law. And they discovered this black stone. Don't know exactly where. It's wonderful to study. It's called the Code of Hammurabi. It was laws. Kings write laws. And it was the first time in civilization where they believed a person who was accused of something is innocent until proven guilty. It's like, and it was the first time that a lot of things came out like, if you do this, then this will happen. God was working. Mankind needs law and order. The flesh will get out of control. We got it going on all over the world right now. That's just flesh. Anger. It's out of control. The only thing that holds that back, usually, as you see, is military. But you can have a that same kind of feeling stewing away inside of you. Embers burning. Ready to explode out at the least little thing. My philosophy is always until they can take that much anger and emotion and apply it to every little baby that's in the womb that never has a chance that has been assaulted brutalized murdered killed for somebody else's pleasure to hide a sin for money, do you know a lot of little babies in the wombs when they come out, their bodies are sold for research. A little baby means money. It's nothing but an animal that somebody is breeding. These people that have them, they're just breeders for somebody else to make money. Till they have that kind of Anger and passion for those little children. Never even had a life yet. Never even had a chance. I don't put much emphasis on all this other stuff. They're not angry when they kill each other. The same color kills the same color or they rape each other. That doesn't bother them. Why? It's still killing. There's something wrong in their hearts. And that's all it is. And now, right now, the all nations that have law and order, the dragon has stirred them up. Mm-hmm. You listen to me carefully. The dragon is in every nation. He's mad. One, he had to sign a contract with old Donald. As soon as that, COVID came. 
Then we caught him. Then what? We didn't do anything. Then certain people, then the nation started realizing how in bed they got with it, with the dragon. They start saying, out of my bedroom you go. Out of my nation you go. We ain't going to do this anymore. The dragon starts spewing its fire like it did in Lake Town. It's angry. It spews its fire and starts killing. Using words. You go watch The Hobbit. The Desolation of Smog. Go watch The Five Armies. You will learn of the anger of a dragon. That's what's spiritually going on right now. But dragons are of ancient days. They're all the way back in the Garden of Eden. There were dragons. Muhammad believed in dragons. Egyptians believed in dragons. They were demonic spirits. Ancient Chinese believed in them. So much they made them a symbol of their country. They've always been around. Oh, they'll come as sheep. But they're really a wolf. So you have to go back. And you have to dig through ancient books. You've got to watch documentaries and movies. About history. You've got to learn where leadership. How it got developed. Is it a thing of the gods? Do the gods pick us? Is it only for people of white skin? Certain height? Gone to certain colleges? Speak a certain kind of English? Have a certain degree? Maybe it, you'll sell your family out. Maybe an offer comes like, Oh, we'd love to give you a free scholarship to a college. Road scholarship. Free. And you accept it. They just bought you. Maybe you've got secret sins in your life. And you come from a broken family. And they know what they are. They'll use them. Some people, we got some that are called ancient leaders. There were some that were just old Ahabs. We got them. They just want pleasure. And then they got the queen. Jezebel. We got those right here. Some, they are very, very uh, dutiful, intelligent people. We've had nuclear engineers as leaders. We've had all kinds of leaders. But at the election box, war. Go back and study. Okay, let's say you become a leader of something, a company, a business, a family. Now what? Where are you going to get your guidance? How many parenting programs, marriage counseling programs have you been through to be a good husband? What do you know is your role of a husband? Is it to control everybody so you will feel like you have power? I have a great one I wrote about people from Islamic countries they feel if they cannot control their women and how they dress and think they're so fearful of education reading math and science 
because they're afraid the women will rise up and the men who don't feel like they have any power so if I can't control you then I have no power are you that kind of person in your family can you be bought with sex and what your eyes look at can you be bought by drugs or gold do you work for gold, the god of mammon? Will you sacrifice anything and anybody? I have been privileged, but very saddened, to listen to politicians sell their grandchildren to Satan. So they, him and his wife, could have power and riches and glory sell their grandchildren you will sell anything anybody we see that now in our leaders they'll sell out your own country and resources and they'll lie and cover it up we all know what's going on we hate it we don't like it and we feel powerless to stop it so you have a choice do you become like them do you have areas in your life that you would sell out to get leadership? Maybe you had a dream, I'd do anything. And here comes the dragon. Maybe you want to be in power or just want money. He'll come in and offer you or if you're a leader of something, whatever you want. All you have to do is bow down when they ask you to bow. And look the other way. When, whatever they do. Do you work for your nation? Do you cover up for bad nations? Do you not speak out against human rights? Do you know that other countries and kings are not nice? And you won't speak out at the UN? Do you cover up for them because they're of the same religion or faith are you afraid that if you speak up they'll cut off your oil or your gas or they won't trade with you anymore these are deep questions you go back now and you dig through these ancient books and you see the problems of leadership from the ancient days because if you don't see they are still doing it today. And you have to decide. Are you disciplined to search through these ancient books? Watch the videos. Study the kings of old. Study war. Study the history of communism. Socialism. Study the fall of the kings. How come every nation everywhere... Their leadership form was a king. You have them still right there in Africa. Where'd that come from? Where did they get that name? Why did the leader decide to call himself a king? Do you know that? Why did they come up with this election stuff? Go back to the Greeks. Go back and study. Go back and look at the history of leadership, kingship, rulership. Look up the words on the dictionary. 
Study ancient Greece. Study ancient Egypt. Study all the nations of Africa. And all the worlds. How were they developed? How did they all become kingdoms? And then they got overthrown. By the mob. Every nation had one. French Revolution. The Russian Revolution. And then pop up socialism and communism. But even in communism and socialism. You got a leader. One at the top. They don't live the same kind of lives that most of the people. Why? Because leadership is very lucrative. Full of money. And people that are yes men. And they believe the same way you do. And they all get all the goodies. And they don't have to live like the rest of the people. And they benefit themselves and their families. When they get into politics, people believe different things. Different platforms. We have it here in America. And you either support what they believe in. You know how I decide a lot? I'm a very simple person. I look at the platforms of the different political parties. I make sure I read them when they just, and they put in what they believe in and they're going to fight for. And I look and I see if it lines up with the kingdom of heaven. If it does not, then I don't vote for them. I don't support them. It's a secular agenda. What we have out there, but behind all the secular stuff, communism, socialism, still have leaders. You still have to maintain it by power and authority. You've got to kill off people that disagree with you. Poison them. Put them in gulags if they rise up. Okay? Leadership ain't fun. You can be fired from a business at the top dog. That board of directors, they can fire you. Mm-hmm. Even a leader of the family, you, your wife can divorce you. Because you're mean and nasty and abusive. Yep. Just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're going to hold the position. Doesn't mean people want to be around you. Except maybe other people like you. Let's go back to history. Have you ever heard of the... Oops, sorry. My laptop is... No. Okay. Back in ancient Egypt, there was a pharaoh named Amenhotep. And one of them had a powerful spiritual experience. During the years that he was known as Amenhotep, I think maybe the fourth, he believed in polygods. And the polygods ruled the kingdom of Egypt. The word pharaoh actually means king. The king was also the lord. He personally owned the land. So when your politicians get at that level, president, prime minister, whatever you want to call them, they believe that the land of that country is theirs. They can sell it to whoever they want to. They can do with it whatever they want to. The resources. That goes all the way back 
to Egypt to being a king. Now these people we're electing, you think they are just presidents, prime ministers. They believe they are kings, that they are the personal landowners. All the resources, and you don't have a say. That goes back to ancient Egypt and even beyond. So when Amenhotet, that was his philosophy, he had a powerful spiritual experience. He became Akhenaten. Something had happened to him where he said, there are not polygods anymore. There's only one god, the Aten, the sun. And it is shining its rays down on us and blessing us. Who did that make the system of Egypt, the priest who in that time, and even a lot of nations now, the leadership had to be anointed by the priest. And if the priest went against you, you were out. When he built a new city, prayed to this new God, and the old system didn't like it. So when you become a leader, are you going in to a system? It's well established. We call it over here the deep state. Are you one of them? Will you just get in line with them? What do our ancient books show us about that? Or are you willing to change things like Akhenaten did and incur the wrath of we got that going on here in America. The deep state against the president. So what kind of leader would you fit into the deep state? The swamp? Or would you be one that would try to drain it? Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of strength to win that place of leadership in even in a business, you could go start your own. But now how do you treat your employees, the people who buy from you? Most entrepreneurs who start off, they don't spend much time with their family. They spend almost 24 hours a day getting their business going. And their family suffers. Pastors have that trouble. We have to study. We have to take care of the members of the church. Bury them, marry them, visit them in the hospital. We got board meetings, we got financial meetings, more study, more prayer. Our families suffer. Because it, in Christianity, a lot of pastors, they are torn. Who comes first? Does God come first? Does the church members come first? Or their family members come first? You will be faced with the same thing whether you're starting a business, going to school, wanting to be a changer in your nation. Not everything can be at the top. I gave up everything. I gave up my family emotionally. Oh, I care for them, but I don't have any attachment to them. I spend more time with God, studying, reading, praying, helping other people. I don't go to ball games. I don't care about any of that. Going out to eat, listening to music. My other life I did. So you have to ask yourself. Look back to the ancient books. Study. 
lot of good videos and documentaries on YouTube. Study. Look. Learn. Make notes. The systems have not changed. It's war getting elected. Becoming the board of directors, you're either gone to the right school, join the right secret society. You want to study more about how leadership works? Go watch the movie The Good Shepherd with Matt Damon. came out years ago. How the CIA in America got formed. You'll learn about Skull and Bones, the secret society. You'll learn who become the judges. How they rule behind the scenes. Is your nation like that? Is that what you want to get into? Can you go against the uh, what is normal? Can you give your money that you have? Mother Teresa gave her paychecks to feed the poor. She never changed clothes. She just loved on people. Even as they're dying. She washed them and cared for them. She gave of herself, her time, her energy. She never had a family. She devoted her life to the people on the streets. Can you do that? Or do you want a family? Do you want to have fun Go study ancient leaders. Their lives are different than most people. You cannot be a leader and have a normal life. You cannot be a leader and have a normal family. You cannot be a leader and be like everybody else. The ancient books tell us that. You can be replaced at any time. And did you know These gods that are all out there, they can raise you up and put you down. And you're done. If you don't serve them. Go back and study leadership through the civilizations, through the great empires. Study Persia. Study Spain and Portugal. Study the colonial powers. And look at the bad ones too. Germany. They still got that spirit there. Study how did Hitler come up. They believed they were the master race. A lot of people believe that. Don't matter what color of skin they have. They believe that. Go study then leadership. Whether you have. Um, yeah, Iran shows us that. We are to have a leadership of religious believers. Is that the way that you should lead? You have to become a religious leader. An imam, a rabbi. Is that what leadership is? Or are you to be just a counsel to the elected president? Is the elected president or prime minister to bow to the religious leader's whims? These are good questions to ask, to dig, look. Did you know in Iran right now, the people are starting to say, yeah, that's nice, okay, we got religion, we're all believers, but we want a father figure. They don't have one. 
So they're starting to push back against what they have. We've seen over ancient history, politics have changed, forms of government have changed, leadership has changed from many different ways, gone from kings to communism, kings and queens to socialism, kings and queens to dictatorship. The military will always be there to support the king, the leader, the president, the prime minister. But it's always the heart. Sometimes the military and the president, we saw this in Egypt, they clash. And we got the warring rebels and the people that are trying to take over the country. We see that in Yemen. We see that in Libya. There's always going to be a group of people saying, we want to be in control. What we believe, we got that with the Taliban. What we believe and what we want, we're going to fight to get it. It's a mess out there. Are you ready to join it? How strong are you? What kind of knowledge do you need to have? Go back and dig through the ancient books. Go back and watch the ancient movies. Study Julius Caesar. Study the empires of Rome and Greece. Study ancient Egypt. Go and study the Persian Empire. Go and study early Russia. Peter the Great. I read that back in high school. Excellent. Go back and study the Vikings. Go back and study ancient China. Go back and study how the countries got formed. Where they got their names from. Go back and study the world wars. How they get started. How did the leaders respond? Go and study the ancient books. That's your job. If you want to develop and become a king. If you just want to become a leader of a business, study business. Look at the history of trade and markets. No economics. No balance sheets. Understand how to manage people. How to manage the services you have and all about its reputation and identity learn about marketing learn about business administration learn how to go to meetings how to speak and write how to do internet and webinars and zoom how to be international if you're just on the streets be a good business person friendly to your customers. Keep a place clean. Treat your employees or your family well. And then give some of your money to the poor. Leaders are in all ages, even children. Out on the playground can be leaders. You see that when the older ones care for the younger ones, even the street children. Someone will take up the spot of the father Gangs do that because they don't have any other leadership pattern or form or family. Study. Go back into the ancient books. Study our ancient civilizations, our ancient humanity. Then ask yourself a lot of questions. What kind of leader do you want to be? How much are you willing to pay the cost for it? 
Can you be bought or sold by corrupt people? Can you sell out your morals and ethics for gold and silver? Do you have a heart for the orphans, the animals, the resources? Or is it just something you think you own as the leader and you can sell and just make money for yourself? Go deep. Look into your family. Look into your country. Study. Learn. Learn a lot about leadership. Leadership development. Also study management. Because once you get there, you've got to manage have to be a shepherd. Shepherd's not a manager. If you shepherd out on the field, you protect, you guide and lead them. While they eat and feed and do their thing, but you don't sleep much at night. You got your slingshot ready to kill a lion if you have to, to protect them. Do you have that kind of heart? When a dragon comes calling, can you throw that rock right in his forehead? Can you stay up all night crying out to a God for them? Do you pray for your nation, its resources and animals? How much do you love your people and nation? Of all colors, of all faiths. How much does it make you mad at the corruption? But you will be challenged with that when you get there. Can they buy and sell you? They'll give you whatever you want for your vote. For you to look the other way. For you to sign a bill that helps them. Are you easily deceived by spiritual things? Are you just a shadow of a leader? A shell of a person? Are you unknowledgeable? Digging through the ancient books will help you to see all sides, to look at yourself. You might cry a lot. You might get angry. But don't be mad at the people. They're in darkness and ignorance. But sometimes you have to deal with them. You may have to deal with yourself. Why do you want to be a leader? Own your own company. What's the purposes? What are you going to do with the extra profit? Why do you want to be a leader of your nation? What would you do with the animals? When somebody says, I want to come over there and go shoot the wild game. And I'll give you some extra money for your university. Say, no, we don't do that to our resources. We love our animals. We protect them and provide for them. You cannot come over here and shoot them. You cannot hunt them. You cannot take, you can't do it. But we'll give you double, triple the amount of money for your pet project you want. You want a road built, a dam built? You want roads, infrastructure, want a harbor built? We'll do that for you. And they'll put pressure on you to see how far you will go and what your selling point is. 
And if that don't get it, they'll threaten your family. I'll tell you a story about a Bible school. He was teaching error in a Christian Bible school. And I told him in the spirit, you got to stop that. He says, I can't. Because they will kill my family. Whoever they were. They had given him what he wanted. Probably a Ph.D., Wanted back in the business of being a pastor or a teacher. And they got it for him. But he had to pay a price. He had to teach error. Maybe some of your imams have done the same thing. They teach error to you. Maybe some of the Catholic priests, they teach error to get what they wanted. And then they live under the threat, I'll expose your sins. If that don't do it, I'll kill your family. That is what you're walking into when you become a leader of anything, even yourself and your family. And you will discover through this leadership class, have you got what it takes to go the distance, stay incorruptible, be ethical, be moral, can't be bought, can't be sold. And you will protect yourself, your family, your nation, your resources against all odds, against every pressure, all amount of money you cannot take. Maybe you work and don't even take a salary because you're not doing it for the salary. Deep questions you need to ask. Study, study. So I'm going to end this one. I think this one's kind of long. But this is class three. Let me see what... I don't know what class four is going to be. Just a minute. Okay. Class four is going to be a wonderful class to attend. It's called Learning Who You Really Are. You must know that first. You must know what part of you is a leader how leadership works on the inside of you? Who are you really? If we elect you as a leader, what part of you am I electing? I'm voting for. What part of you is going to lead me? What part can I trust? So that's what part four is going to be about. Learning who you really are. What part of you is the leader? within yourself and what part of you is going to lead the nation your family your business and what part of you is full of light and truth and knowledge and wisdom so that is what class 4 is going to be about alright I hope you took lots of notes you enjoyed this one please read Respond in the comments with any questions. Remember, tell your friends, pass this link on, uh, subscribe to the channel, and come back again. Pastor Deborah, love always and forever to all of you leaders who don't know that you are yet, to all of you kings. If you will also go to the playlist called Leadership Development, you will see other videos about leaders, you. So enjoy and come back again. Hope to see you on another Masterclass Initiative of Nigeria, Leadership Development, 
be class four of 12 classes, the series. Love always and forever. You want me to pray for you? Okay. Dear Father of the kingdom of heaven, help these to dig through the ancient books to learn and see what you desire them to see and learn, not only about themselves, but about their nation and what true leadership is and isn't. Help them to go back and see the importance of having good, righteous, incorruptible leaders and that that was your choice so that the little sheep can be watched over as a shepherd. The animals can be cared for and shepherd and loved. And the resources, the gold and the silver, the onyx, even the water can be shepherd. The king can watch over it, care for it, and use it for their people. Help them to open their hearts to any corruption, lust of the flesh or eyes. Help them, Father, to develop to the kind of leader, the king, that you desire them to be. Not only for themselves, but their family, their businesses, their cities, their towns, and their nation. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.